the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 7. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning, Tammy. How are you today? I am really good. I'm really good. I got a good night's sleep. So I feel well rested and energized. I had a lot of downtime yesterday because it was Mother's Day, and um, it, I feel I feel really rejuvenated this morning. Oh, good. I know we talk. We record these. It's nine o'clock in Texas, and it's seven o'clock where I'm at. And um, I just jump out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to talk to you on a Monday, which is way different than how I used to jump out of bed on Mondays. So uh, right? I look forward I, to it. <laughs> I jumped out of bed at 3 a.m. Oh, that my. was a little too early. So then I immediately made myself lay on the couch and fell back to sleep. So, but same here. My brain started started cranking up and I said, nope, we're not doing this now. It's 30. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a little too early. I see a nap in your future. Well, I I went back to sleep, so I feel I feel good. Yeah, no naps, no naps for this girl. I know. How was your Mother's Day? How was it? It was lovely. It was really really lovely. I um I will talk about the one thing that we did um when I mentioned my three things in my toolbox at the end, um. It was the one thing that I really wanted to do. But I have to say that no one asked me what I wanted to do for Mother's oh, Day. Yeah. Okay. So I so surprise. I, it was a surprise. Yeah. No, I just had to make the announcement to everyone and said, This is what I'm doing. And um, if you guys want to come along, that would be awesome. But if you don't, <laughs> see you guys have fun. <laughs> so what did you want to do? I'm doing. Well, I'll, I'll mention it later. Okay, okay. Talk about I'll later. mention it in the three things. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was just a really, it was just a really lovely day. I kind of spent Saturday um, feeling a little, I guess, melancholy. I took that day to sort of think about what it was like mm. before, um, you know, when I was drinking. And, uh I don't, you know, I, I try not to stay there too long because I don't know, feeling guilty has a lot of fear built into it for me. And, uh, but it does give me lots of gratitude yeah. for how I live now, how I live my life now. So, um, but so that's what I did Saturday <laughs> and then Sunday I just lived in the present. Oh, good. What did you do? Um, well, my husband did ask what I wanted and we're having some kind of teenage stuff going on over here with our son attitude. And I just wanted none of that. (laughs) Right. And, 
and I don't want any things. I, I find that I'm, I, um, as I get older, I mean, I can get myself something if I want something. I don't need my son no. or, or my husband no. to buy me anything no. ever, I really. experiences, yeah. yeah. And so I just, I told him I wanted, I just wanted Grady to be thoughtful and maybe do some service work for me. Um, so I came home, I went to a meeting yesterday morning because I was feeling a little squirrely. And I went to a 7 a.m. meeting and then I did all the grocery shopping and I got my car washed and I just did things that I knew would set my week off, you know, right. And when I got home, my son surprised me and cooked breakfast for me, which he's never, never, ever done. He's he's never cooked breakfast, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. He's 14. Um, So he made me breakfast burritos and we had, we had breakfast together and then he vacuumed my car and just did nice things all day. Helped weed whack yesterday and did his homework without a lot of drama. That was the biggest gift. That was a, that's a pretty nice Mother's Day gift, I have yeah, to say. It was really all day. That was just lovely. There was no card and there was no flowers. I, that's not, that wasn't required. I was a little sad as well, just thinking about my, my best friend who recently passed away and her family. So it was kind of a sad day um, mm-hmm, for I me, bet. just thinking about them. And I had to pull myself out of that, you know, and just realize that I'm right here. My son's right here. I don't know. It just, I had to get out of bed. I kind of put myself in bed for about four hours. And then I was like, no, you, you need to, you need to move. So I did the things that I do when you do, are in recovery. Took a hot shower, <laughs> had some right. tea, did the things. The old faithfuls. The old faithfuls. So, but it ended really beautifully. So it was a nice, nice day. Very different. It's my third sober Mother's Day. Yeah, and too. that was nice to wake up and know that I wasn't going to drink or be hungover or have too much champagne. Right. Yeah. Because that's exactly what my mother's days used to look like. I mean, you know, one of the thousands of reasons I drank was over, you know, motherhood actually. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't, I think it was because I felt like, you know, it was a not a non mom part of my identity, you know, that I could cling to and um, that kept me from just being a mom. Um, yeah. You know, like and we're still I mean, independent, right? We're still this right. person we used to be. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, I still struggle a little bit with that. I think, you know, my, my daughter gave me the sweetest card. They both, both my kids gave me really sweet cards, but she gave me the sweetest card. And, um, it was one that they, she made at school. And so she, like, there were little things to fill out, you know, and, um, it, she said something like, I can't, it was something about, you know, the, the best time I had with my mom. And she just mentioned a day where we went to the bookstore and the thrift store together. And mm. it kind of broke my heart a little bit because Aww. I thought, oh, yeah, we did have fun that day. But, mm. y- you know, I should I, I struggle um, still with the busyness, you know, that I, I feel like I'm not uh, giving them enough of, of me and enough time or just, you know, even if it's just sitting on the couch 
you know, coloring together or something. Um, that's still very hard for me to do. It's still, it's still a bit of a struggle for me, Mm. but that's a sweet card though. I know. I know it was really sweet, but yeah, we just, we get better. I think, um, just, you know, being aware of it is, is half the work. So, yeah. And, uh, I was thinking about the name of our podcast and I know you picked this name for, um, your blog a long time ago, but that the definition of an unruffled person is not agitated or disturbed and that they're calm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's always in sobriety kind of what I'm striving for to not be agitated and to kind of be calm, right? to be, mm-hmm. I don't know if content is in there too, but to definitely be calm. I think so. Yeah. yeah I content. That's yeah. just being okay with the way things are. And that's, and, and that's the daily, that's not a struggle. That's the daily goal, I guess. And, right. And when I look at it that way, that it's not a struggle to be that way for me anymore. Some days it's more than others, but mostly it's just my goal. And I realize right. I'm kind of in control of that. And so yesterday I realized I had to kind of take back control of the feelings and kind of get back in the groove of things. And I wasn't agitated. I was just sad. Mm-hmm. But the same thing you can, I can, I can turn that around too. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad we had nice days. Yeah, me too. Um, me I thought we—I thought we'd at the beginning of before we get into the bulk of the show today, if we had um, a couple things we were going to promote. I think. Sure. And, go ahead. Um, you should I, go first. I will. Um, I'm. I've worked on a project with Holly Whitaker called the Mantra Project, and it is a 40-day um, sobriety email course. And she and I have decided to put it on sale Memorial Weekend. And I want to give the exact um, days and times here. So um, it's going to be 40 days to independence is basically the promotion for it. And it'll take you 40 days until Independence Day, which is um, July 4th, obviously. So it'll go on sale. Um, Good idea. At 12.05 a.m. is what Holly has put here on May 24th. And it'll end at 11:59 p.m. on May 25th. So it's a 2-day full 48-hour sale. The code will be independent 17. And that'll just independent like D E N T or independence. Independence like independence day. Okay, got it. So independence uh, 17 and the course normally is $34, so it's half off, so it's, it'll be $17 for the course. Nice. And it's my artwork and illustrations along with Holly's um, written essays. And there, it's just this beautiful little package that you get every single day delivered to your um, email inbox. And you can find a link to it on my website, TammySolace.com. Or you can go to the thehipsobrietyproject.com and search for the Mantra Project. And it'll tell you um, a lot more about the project there. So nice. that's it for me on that. You okay. Got. Well, I have a couple of things, actually. Um, I am in the middle of trying to photograph and put up on my marketplace a lot of things that I was going to sell at the She Recovers event. And um, it takes a lot of time. you got to photograph it, and then you have to add descriptions and and all of that. So it just takes time. Um, But I have lots of goodies that are going to be going up there in the next few days. When this podcast airs, everything should be up. And then I should just 
then I'll be able to continue adding to it for the summer. Um, lots of pretty things that you might wear to the beach, meditation pillows, uh, things like that. Oh, and yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to promote that I haven't put up yet is on June 11th, which is a Sunday morning, 10 to 12. If you are in the Austin area, my friend Jen is going to host uh, my next meetup and we are going to plant succulents and found containers and it's going to be so fun. I want to so, know. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I I can't go. How cute. How how fun is how fun will this be? So yeah, so we're gathering right now, Jen and I are hitting thrift stores and gathering cups and cans and cute things. And yeah, we're gonna have a little succulent planting planting party. I want pictures of that. I wanna see that business. Okay, you guys, that's awesome. So you're so it's gonna be at her house? It's gonna be at her house. And uh, she lives in Austin and uh and I will put it up on Meetup, and as soon as I do, that is on the list of things to do today and tomorrow. But I'll put it up on Meetup, and then I'll I'll put link I'll I'll uh, announce it on IG and things oh, like that. In my blog. I yeah. love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, should we get well, into it? Yeah. What are we talking about today? <laughs> today <laughs> we're going to talk about productivity and recovery, which is there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> There is a lot to talk Don't about. Don't let the title scare you. <laughs> right. It's it's exactly. Or don't, you know, immediately turn this off thinking snooze <laughs> fest. Because I have to admit that sometimes I, you know, get a little bored with the productivity hack and uh-huh. talk. Um, it can just be a bit of a snore for me sometimes, but we're going to try to make this interesting as how it relates to people in recovery. Yeah, and our creativity as well. So Right, right, so right. Being productive in both. Well, they feed each other, really. So For sure. Um, so where do you want to start? Well, you know, I think it's fun that we have kind of two different approaches to productivity, right? Wouldn't you think, wouldn't you say? I think so. I mean, I think we get there, but yeah, we do have two different entry points. Right. Yeah. So you are, you are a scheduler. You like to appropriate days to activities, right? I have been lately. Yeah. I'm definitely more of a type A approach, um, to making, um, that kind of a taskmaster a little bit, um, to-do lists. I, that probably doesn't sound very fun (laughs) to some people. It might sound more regimented. That's just my personality type. It's kind of how I've always been. Um, former legal secretary background and I just kind of, things need to be in their place and I, I feel a little undone when they're not. So I have Mm -hmm. a different, uh, I think I have a different entry point, um, than you do. Would you, how would you explain your entry point? Well, I would say that I probably work more on impulse, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's probably not the most effective way to do things, but it's the way I've done things. I've tried to experiment with different types of reg- more regimented schedules, but they're just not always particularly sustainable for me. Like, I might can stick to that for a week, and then I'm sort of back to my old ways. Um 
but my but the way I do it just feels more fluid for me. Mm-hmm. I feel more creative when I work that way. Well, I always that always sounds like the way I want to work, but I just <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, I dream about that and I romanticize that and I live through you. So I'm just that's all I'm going to have to do for that. Just, well, it's the same, same. Like yeah. I I definitely am not poo-pooing on your way at all. As a matter of fact, I wish I had a little more type A in me. Um, it's just not there. Like I can't, I can't even fake it. And, um, and if I do, it just, it, it, I kind of feel like I lose my edge a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, it doesn't, for me, like maybe because I came into making art later in life too, it wasn't something that was in me from a young age. Like I liked to dabble in things, but I feel like they got shot down or not encouraged. So I never quite pushed through. Right. So they were all just kind of under the surface. So when I started really allowing myself the time and the energy to really, like it would seep out in certain ways. Like I, you know, my Martha Stewart um, decade in my twenties where I just loved her and tried to do everything like she did. It would, I would try real hard, but she's a perfect, I can see why she was my icon. Right. <laughs> you know? um, but that's a lot of pressure with that too, to be that type. And so then when that, that didn't speak to me anymore, I had to find my own way, which is kind of right. what I've done. And by reflecting and thinking about this episode and thinking about my recovery and what I've done to kind of foster it and fuel it with, with creative endeavors. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's kind of my own style now. And that's exactly how well, it should I be. Love, <laughs> I love that because it became important enough to you that you felt like I'm now I need to put this on the to-do list. I need to schedule this in. I need to, you know, I need to set aside time now for this because yeah. it just became a, you know, a, 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 a enough of a priority for you. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And, um, and it has changed my life. Right. I mean, yeah, from the time I wake up into what I do now and that I go to school for it and that I, what I share on Instagram and the community I've formed, it's been very, very fulfilling. Right. And as women in sobriety or in recovery, you know, we have to now, if, if, if creativity is a priority for us, we have to work that in with all of the other things that are part of being in recovery that are also a priority and that that sometimes can be where it gets sticky yeah and that's like carving out that time right because you, you need to carve out time for kind of yeah your 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 recovery practices right and if you go to meetings if you you know do step work or therapy service work um you know is a is a big part of it, self-care. Yeah. For, for my recovery, I was thinking when I wake up, I text usually with a woman in, in recovery. Like mm-hmm. that's the first thing I do. Um, for the, for a good year, I texted every morning with a friend on the East coast at 6am my time in California, nine o'clock her time. As soon as I would wake up, my mind was racing Mm -hmm. and we would touch base and we had similar sobriety dates and that was so helpful, you know, and I would normally not be a person that jumped out of bed 
got on the computer and texted with somebody, you know, on the East coast that I've never met before. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you do no. things in recovery that I never would have done before, you know, that would never have occurred to me even to, to do. Right. Um, but I mean, how- if anything, I was doing damage control that <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> I was doing, I called it the fake sober, which is basically, I don't know why I called it the fake sober, but it was basically that I didn't have a hangover Right. That I was just fine. And I was making breakfast and trying to pretend like I wasn't hungover. Uh And that was so much work. (laughs) So much work. Oh. And I can't even imagine doing that now. It's just so exhausting to even think about. But no, now I jump out of bed and I'm texting with women. I'm texting with you. I know you're a couple hours ahead. So that's always lovely to know that you're, I'm sure you've been up since three. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> safe to safe to text Sandra, but that carries me throughout the day. So if I can't get to a meeting, um, or I can't do quote unquote self care, I think the texting is self care. You know, it is kind of oh, just for staying sure. in touch with someone, um, talking to another person in recovery every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do you do a self care like I do self care Fridays? I just started designating. Um, I wish I had a designated day. I I I I, I should do that. I, I, I should do that. <laughs> well, I mean, um, if you want. Right. Well, I do want actually. And that's the thing, you know, I, I always think, well, what day would it be? You know, is there a day that, that I could devote to myself and probably not. I mean, we're moms. So, yeah. you know, it's not like we can, there's 24 hours that we can devote to ourselves unless, you know, I ran away to a, <clears throat> a hotel. <laughs> I just, <laughs> which I, I just do it during the school which hours I though. Which I fantasize about. <laughs> um, I just do but, it during the school hours though. You could do that. Yeah, I know. I know. And Fridays are actually sometimes, sometimes my day. Um, although, lately it's I'll tell you it's very hard when you work from home Mm -hmm. so if you do um you know career work from home it is very hard to um unless you're a very good scheduler it is very hard to block out you know five or six hours that you're only working on self-care stuff because you know like I I should just do it and leave the house is what I should do. Because if I'm home, I will say, well, you know, I could edit for, you know, 30, I could edit photos for 30 minutes or, you know, I, you know, then there's laundry staring me in the face or, you know, some other task. I mean, oftentimes yeah. I always say this, that, you know, I, I wake up and think, what will I neglect today? Because it's, it's, there's always something, if I'm going to, if I'm working on something, I'm neglecting something else. It's hmm. just the nature of it. Yeah. I didn't look at it like that, but yeah, <laughs> I get you. <laughs> what was, oh, Jesus. I can't think about that. Sandra. I know, right? <laughs> oh no. Now you're, no, now I'm going to be really depressed today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause you know, sometimes it's like, well, I'm going to neglect the laundry today, all day, I will neglect the laundry, even though there's piles of it and it needs to get done. I'm going to have to neglect that today if I'm going to work on ABC. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. But, so let me jump off there. Okay. <laughs> so for me, 
Okay, you're going to people are going to learn way more about me than they want to know and they're going to be like, <laughs> "You are a freak." Okay, so laundry for me is something that I have to do first thing in the morning. It starts my day. It's one okay. of my it's one of my morning routines. Maybe it's a meditation for you. I I think I feel like I neglected things for so many years. Put things off and I still do, but that is like a I make my tea, I take my vitamins, I wash my face, I put a load of laundry in. And it's like my morning thing. It's almost like I'm setting the household tone, like I'm getting things going. Now, my mm-hmm. laundry is out because I live in a really tiny little old farmhouse. It's my laundry room. My laundry is in three baskets and you can see it. So mm-hmm. the reason I do laundry that much is just because you can see it. And it's right. once the basket's full, it needs to be done. So usually every day I do a load. Um, but that there's something weird about that. And that only started when I got sober. Mm. It's like I was going to start kind of that was the small task that I could take care of every day because I passed it on my way to my desk. Like the, oh, one, right, the one thing right. I could do. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's productive or not, but it just, it just when you're saying about what can wait, like for me, some of the stuff that I put off when I was drinking, I had to tackle and add that in, like something that I could check off the list that day. Like at least well, I yeah. got one friggin' load of laundry done. Right. And there is something very fulfilling about that. It's that whole chop wood, carry mm-hmm. water concept, you know, where if you just um, – are finishing even menial tasks, um, that that can be a form of meditation, Mm -hmm. you know, and accomplishment and all of the, you know, all those things. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to offer uh, an idea to you. So I kind of imagine in my head what your self-care day is. So you want to hear it? (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear it. I imagine that so I get you about being home. I definitely feel like I have to go out to have self-care because yeah. I won't make myself go sit and read for an hour because I'll think of what else no, I could be doing. Oh, it's very hard. Yeah. So, but I do have, anyhow, I'm not going to talk about me, you. So Wednesdays, don't you go to a meeting on Wednesdays, a women's or a, uh-huh. a meeting with your sponsor, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine like that's your self-care. Like, do you okay. go to lunch or do you have tea with that person? Every once or? in a while. Every yeah. once in a while. Or just to get mm-hmm. out of the house. And I know you um, you are a great, um, you have great style. And I know you get dressed up and you go to your meeting, you meet your sponsor. So I think like, I feel like that's self-care. Like that's your. True. I, I agree. And sometimes I do that on Fridays as well. And, and, and I feel like that that's part of my, yeah, part of self-care. Sometimes I'll go to a coffee shop afterwards or you know, I do do that. I've gotten away from it the last month. I have to say I have, you've had a lot going on because I've had a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. But those, so when I say self care, it's not like a massage. Sometimes it is, but it's mainly, or I take myself to a bookstore or or I'll go pick up my son. I've been trying to schedule lunch dates with friends on Fridays, friends that I haven't seen in a while, friends from my old life before I quit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that, have been patiently waiting for me because they're so nice. They, they know I had to do all of my recovery work and they've been kind of just waiting to hang out. And so Mm -hmm. I've been making an effort to schedule lunch dates on Fridays. And then I take myself to the bookstore and just walk around or go get a cookie. I mean, there's nothing crazy involved with it, but I have a good three hours to myself where I, you know, three to four hours before I pick up my son from school. And that's what I'm calling self-care Fridays. And sometimes it's just that I'm in my studio all day and that's the thing. Um, Taking care of my creative self too. 
Oh yeah. See, yeah. I like that. I like that concept yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I could pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> I think you already are. Well, it's all how we frame it, right? How we're looking at things anyway. I mean, what right. we, um, sometimes just saying it out loud or naming it, like your name it journal, once you name it, it's the thing. Right. So let's talk about how, so, you know, there's things that we have to do, you know, and then neither of us have full-time jobs out of the house either. And there are a lot of people that, that, that obviously do probably many people that listen to this podcast have a full-time job out of the home. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, making all of these things work can be hard, right? Yeah. Um, to work full time, have self care time, and then still have creative time. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, I don't, I, I just imagine that some, some women might feel like that that's out of their reach. I, I felt like that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I felt, but, but it, I had to, for me, in the way I work and how we've talked about it a little bit, I, I am a big fan of self-imposed assignments, mm, e- right. e- even when I was working. And in 2014, when I was at the height of my drinking, um, the height of having a hangover every single morning, that's when I would sit down. I was punishing myself, basically. I would sit down, hungover, and draw. And I gave myself an assignment that I had to do that every morning. I did not know why I was doing that. Um, kind of, I can put that together now, looking back at it. But I think carving out even three minutes to do something, um, you know, to write a quick gratitude list or to um, set the table beautifully for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be this, get, get the glue gun out, you know. Right, exactly. You can reframe you know, what you consider creativity. Yeah. Right. You're the dinner that you're cooking, um, that you're going to cook anyway at night. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, you can get creative with, uh, the recipes that you're using or, you know, the way you curate your nightly music. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can pick a theme or something or, um, or, you know, when you, are going to the market to pick up groceries, you know, instead of grabbing, if you buy yourself flowers, instead of grabbing the pre-made flowers, maybe grab a few bunches of the same and create your own bouquet. Yeah. There's just little ways. There's little, little things you can do and you're right. It doesn't have to be pulling out all of the art supplies and. Cause that can be overwhelming and just feel like another task you're going to have to clean up. And exactly. It, it does. Early recovery, you do not want more to do. Oh, that, that is a really good point. Because, you know, in early early recovery, you know, oftentimes we're just in survival mode, you know, doing whatever we need to do to get through the day. Sometimes that means, you know, going to bed at five o'clock at night, every night for a month, you know? Yeah. But, um, I go back to that Augustine Burroughs quote a lot um, where he said that, you know, he had to find something that he loved more than he loved drinking. And, um, you know, and so th- that could be 
you as well, even in early sobriety, you may find yourself needing to immediately find something that you like to do more than, more than drinking. Um, because you have all this time, you have all this time. time. Mm -hmm. You no longer are going to the store and buying, you're no longer or buying the alcohol. You're no longer planning for me was planning dinner parties. You're no longer, um, going to wineries to tastings and picking up your wine club shipments and going to, you know, so there was so much time that I had that I had to fill it. Or I think I would thought I was going to drive myself nuts. You know, mm-hmm. there was just too much time to think. And I had to mm-hmm. channel, had to channel that. But I know that like I went on a retreat to Big Sur with a couple of girlfriends once and they're not in recovery. This was before I stopped drinking. But my one friend said, you know, I'm not creative. And I was like, well, you're a fantastic cook. I mean, she is. She's amazing. She's my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Wonderful entertainer. Wonderful cook. She can do just whip up anything. And she was like, that's true. I am. I am. I Right. It's I, just reframing it. Right. And so, yeah, t- carving out like just like what, what, like a, what little bit of beauty do you want to bring to the world that day? And that could be anything. Right. Anything. That's but, a good prompt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um, so I wanted to talk about an early recovery. Uh, so I'm, I'm almost two and a half or two, five months, something like that year sober. And, but for me with my type of personality, the daily self-imposed assignments are what really got me going. What really, Mm -hmm. and they still do. I still love them so much. Um, but daily gratitude lists that I ended up illustrating, I started those, mm-hmm. I started those on Jan- in January of 2016 and I still do that. And then I did a drawing a day every day for two years for 2014 and 2015. So those were kind of this, those are the centerpieces of kind of what ground me a daily routine. And I can kind of jump off from that point into doing other things. But if you only have a little bit of, uh, I mean, a little bit of time, and your mm-hmm. early sobriety, I highly recommend just getting a tiny notebook for your purse. And oh yeah, that's a good yeah good on idea. Your, on your drive, if, like when I take my son to school, we used to keep like a nature journal, like what kind of animals we would see. We saw a fox, or we saw something. But jotting it down, I tell you, these are my greatest treasures, like that I have in my um, studio, and I pull out the little journals of the projects that we did, and um, and it didn't take but you know a couple of minutes to write mm-hmm. those things down and it kind of reframes. Yeah. Again, the beauty in your life. And mm-hmm. I think, I think I needed that in early sobriety. I needed to start seeing all the good that I already had that for mm-hmm. somehow I'd, I had, I'd missed along the way or I'd forgotten or overlooked right. when I was drinking. Yeah. I really felt the need to just be, you know, mindful is a word that sometimes overused, but just to notice things, to walk through my day and notice things. Notice uh, the woman that I passed on the sidewalk. Um, you know, noticed the the flowers that were blooming. Noticed, um, you know, the way the sky looked. Um, I I really, really, it was almost like I was given a special pair of glasses. <laughs> where yeah. I finally started noticing things around me, and I remember. I was probably 
this was very early sobriety, but I started noticing, and I can't remember what time of year it was, maybe spring um, or early summer, but I noticed that I kept passing all these dead, squished frogs on the road, (laughs) and I started counting them. It was so, it was so odd how many dead frogs, and at one point, I think I count, one day, I think my tally was like 24, I counted 24 um, dead frogs. <laughs> and then I went through another period where I kept finding things like I found money and then I, f- I found a wallet and I was just like on the string of days where I was finding these things on the road. I found a pie. Um, <laughs> what? And I would take my, I, I know, a whole entire pie. I mean, what a crime. Lucky. I know. I mean, what kind of crazy person would throw away an entire pie? And, but I, you know, I always have my phone with me and, you know, there's an argument that, that I should leave my phone at home when I'm out on a walk enjoying, you know, being mindful, enjoying nature. But I'm trying not to scroll through you know, social media while I'm outside, but I do use the camera part. Yeah. And so I would take pictures and, um, that was just a, a practice. I did it every day, mm. um, in early sobriety and, you know, without even realizing that that was a daily practice without calling it that that's what I was doing every day. Proof of life. Yeah. Exactly. Very much a proof of life exercise, right? Like I'm here. Yeah. I like that. I I mean, there's uh, people tell you social media have they have either for or against it. Think we do it too much, but I definitely I have one of my things listed here that I think accountability um, for creative productivity is important. And I think that when sharing on Instagram or, or having an accountability partner, I think those things are huge. I used to do that with my best friend, and we used to be accountability partners for each other when we were working on something, um, all kinds of different things and not just creative things, but it was helpful. It eventually would die off after a while after the need was met, you know, but mm-hmm. at, at first it was a, a good thing to help get you going and that you had to check in with somebody at the end of the day and said, mm-hmm. what, and said what you did. And I, with Instagram, like saying that I'm doing this, these projects, like I'm doing the 100 day project with El Luna, it keeps me accountable every single day that I need to go which I actually didn't do yesterday now that I'm looking at my calendar. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I put it on my to-do list. I put it on my calendar. Yesterday would have been day 41 out of 100, and now I'm going to go make up for that today. Um, but it keeps me going on my project. Otherwise, I would um, forget about it. I, kinda mm-hmm. like, I mean, nobody's keeping a track of it. El Luna's no, not seeing if I'm doing you. the 100-day. No, You're not keeping not. me accountable. But just that I'm not going to kick you out of the project. <laughs> Good, because this gold star seeker would not like that at all. Um, but I find that that helps me. But so, so as we're talking about this, like this, this, these creative practices that that we kind of make up for ourselves, or these routines that we do, completely support my sobriety. They keep me busy. They keep me um, fulfilled. They keep me. Um, kind of going down this path of, of where this, this is going to take me, which is hopefully, hopefully I want to do a book this summer. Um, the only way I'm going to get there is by doing the work is by doing this 100 day project to kind of get the illustrations started. It all has a, has a, a path, I guess. And if I'm not right. accountable for it and I can just go, Oh, I can do one next week. 
this procrastinator will wait until the very end to get it done. Mm-hmm. So being yeah. accountable, I think, is 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 uh, big for me. Right, and even then, if you don't have an end game in mind, you can still, you know, keep yourself accountable or have an accountability partner, even if you're not, you know, working on a book per se or yeah. or working on a exhibit or you know you just Mm -hmm. definitely definitely don't have to have any you know outside uh outside accountability really well does do you do projects with your kids like does that help you I was thinking if there's moms listening um like do you do anything with them that goes back to what we were talking about (laughs) in the beginning (laughs) sorry Sandra yeah Yeah, I uh, always wanted to be that mom, mm-hmm. and uh, I am not per mm-hmm. se. Now, it's not to say that I never sit down. Like for instance, yesterday or the day before, I can't remember. Uh, my daughter and I sat down and and made a necklace. She had gotten a, like a necklace making kit, and we sat down and and made a necklace together, and um, so. Yes, we, I have gone in fits and spurts, uh, projects with them. Um, we've not ever done anything, uh, terribly consistently though, much to my daughter's chagrin. She would love to sit down every day and have an hour of my time to work on something creative. She would, she would, I know as heartbreaking as this sounds, maybe this is my accountability. (laughs) No, I'm not saying, oh, like, oh, you should do that. I just, I'm, I'm saying, oh, because my kid doesn't want to make art with me anymore. So that's where I'm coming from. So don't, oh, there's nothing she does. <laughs> Maybe she me does. and Chloe need to be art partners. Maybe that's what I, needs to happen. You really do. <laughs> you really do. Because really, I'm sure that I will look back someday and say, God, could I not have just sat down for, you know, even 30 minutes every day with her and made something. And, and it's not like I don't ever any day because I do some, but I don't consistently work on projects with her. But I have to say that she is a pretty independent maker to maybe because of that. She learned things on her own. Um, she'll watch a YouTube tutorial like nobody's business and figure things out by herself and uh, yeah yeah so maybe she can that. teach me how to use youtube that would be maybe she can but help then, me with that i'd <laughs> love, love to <laughs> um a project that i did with my son um the year i got i've done lots of different projects with him but the the year that i got sober in 2015 we did a summer selfie project um, and we did it last summer too. And it's a little, I remember tiny, when you were doing that, that was yeah, so cute. It's so fun. It's a little tiny, um, little Moleskine journal. And, um, we called it the selfie project, um, because he didn't have a phone, um, which he's finally getting one for eighth grade graduation, um, were the holdouts. But <laughs> so he, he, um, we would take selfies basically by just drawing ourselves. And the rule was you could only spend five minutes on the page. So Mm. I knew that I couldn't get him for a long period of time. And I knew that he wouldn't want to do this like as a big, huge, let's make a whole self-portrait and paint it. No, I wasn't going to fly with a 12 and 13 year old. So we'd spend five, he would draw on one page and I would draw on the page next to it. And that would be our daily entry. And so we did it until we were supposed to do it all summer, 
but around end of July, we were kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes so, you run out of steam on things, right? Yeah, we just had to kind of cry uncle. And in the back, I wrote some questions about, you know, what did you like most about this project? What did you like least about it? And we both answered it. And I, I was looking through it this weekend when I was cleaning out my studio, and it just is the sweetest little keepsake from oh, I bet. the last two summers. So I asked him if he wanted to do one this summer, and he was like, um, which uh, I know it's no. I said, just think about it. Just think about it. Because <laughs> it's really for me. I want these little keepsakes since I have just this one kid, and I want these little mementos. So we'll see if I can finagle that. I don't want to make a make art, though, either. So that's the other tricky part. Right. Because no one well, wants to be told to make art. <clears throat> And now that you're saying this, I have to say that my kids and I do connect on other things than just, you know, sitting down, you know, making visual art. Right now, we are all very, still very much obsessed with Hamilton. Right. And um, that has been, um, I feel like that that's been a pretty creative uh, connection that we've, the all three of us have had. We can't stop listening to it in the car. And we uh, all do our own independent research. I love it. I'm going to write that down because I do not have the soundtrack. And I don't know what the references are. And I haven't seen the play. So um, I watched a documentary on it. It was wonderful. Oh, you did? Yeah. On PBS. What is this? It was, it was oh, my the gosh. Ma- the Making of Hamilton. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. My son doesn't know this exists. That's crazy. He okay. like knows everything. PBS. We watched it with great. We watched it as a family a couple months ago, and it was the making of Handel- Hamilton. I believe it was on PBS, and totally. it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell Max. Um, I'll try to see where where it was at. I'll look it up. I'm writing myself a note for Max. And then we all dork out too on improv, I have to say, even though I don't do improv in front of an audience like they do, but you know, we definitely, you know, brainstorm and we come up with, you know, skits or ideas for different improv characters and we, you know, laugh until we almost pee our pants. (laughs) I love, I love, still love your daughter's um, improv troops name. Mm-hmm. Pop, popcorn, banana pants. Banana pants. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than that. I really like that one. <laughs> yeah, I just remembered one character that my son um, came up with a couple of years ago. He was really uh, into space. He still is very much into space. I mean, he could he could say the planets backwards and forwards when he was about three and a half. Oh. And he didn't, you couldn't understand anything he said, but that was, that was one thing he could forget, recite. But, um, <laughs> he thought of one time he thought of this character that was the, a scared a- astronaut, which is so funny because, you know, obviously <laughs> astronauts, you would think like if no, if, if a person approaches life without fear, it's an astronaut, right? Or right. I, or at least, you know, they're scared, but they do it anyway. They're courageous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is a very frightened astronaut. <laughs> That's funny. We had so much fun. That's like, very funny. Developing <laughs> this character, like things you would talk about. and <laughs> lines. How old use. was he? 
He was probably 10 or 11. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Well, so... I guess what we're saying too no, is like, that, that, no, that, that this is how you find it. So right, you may not have a studio. I'm lucky that I have this little tiny box of a studio out here that I can cram all my stuff in and I can go hibernate in. You don't need that. It can be how that you wear a beautiful scarf every day and you tie it all these different ways and that you have a really awesome haircut and you, you know, you're known for your style. I don't know. There's just, again, taking Instagram photos. I think a lot of people find their creativity there. Curating your Instagram, right? They find, I mean, I follow people, artists, um, people that their homes speak to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, you know, rearranging a living room is like, that's how I got my creative on for years. I I learned that from my mother. Don't Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of money? Rearrange your house. That's what we did for fun when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And, And thrift stores and trying to well, we can talk about that. We we totally want to talk about that in an episode. We're going to have a total thrift store episode. Yeah. Um, but there was a quote that I heard yesterday in a podcast that you'd recommended that I'll talk about in a little bit in my three favorite things. But um, she said that procrastination is the opposite of productivity. And I'm a procrastinator mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on that a lot this week. And when you sent me that podcast to listen to... Um, it just ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I wanted to share was that there was a book by Annie Grace, um, um, The Naked Mind. The Naked Mind. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and then she talks about moderation a lot in there, about how mm-hmm. moderation is um, the mental anguish of moderation. It's very hard, yeah. It's, it's a total mind game and Mm -hmm. procrastination for me is the same Mm, right procrastination and moderation so that game of moderation that I used to play with my drinking is -hmm. the same game I'm playing with procrastination and Mm -hmm. I only figured that out when I was doing my writing for step six with my sponsor and Mm -hmm. I spent about a month writing on procrastination right so this podcast you sent I need to go re-listen to it again I took notes but she talked a lot about um, the more emotional management you have, um, which I think I interpreted as emotional sobriety, the more emotional sobriety you have, the less you will procrastinate. Mm-hmm. So the more solid we are, the more that we're doing these routines, the more that you, I'm going to my meetings and then I'm doing step work and I'm talking to women in recovery, that foundation, once I'm pretty firm, it should help <laughs> my procrastination. When I get a little squirrely or I'm not going to meetings, which I have not been going lately, I went yesterday morning, but I've not been going for the last few weeks. And I can tell that that's when my procrastination just flares up for me Mm -hmm. when I'm not grounding myself. I'm talking to women in sobriety. I've just gone to this conference. You know, she recovers surrounded by 500 women. So I'm doing things. It's not like I'm, but I, I find that I need some foundation pieces to my day that kind of keep me grounded. Mm -hmm. And that's meetings, talking with other women, um, doing daily self-care, um, right. Doing the, the rituals that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine, th- some of the things that I keep me grounded and going are, are getting is one is getting a good night's sleep. I mean that, that makes all the difference. I know that I'm going to have a day of procrastination if I don't get enough sleep. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, I always start my day out 
with prayer and meditation. And that's like one of my non-negotiables to where now I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to schedule it. I just automatically do it like brushing my teeth. Well, I don't automatically brush my teeth with the teeth in the morning either sometimes. <laughs> so I'm actually better at that than I am <laughs> brushing my teeth. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, an exercise for me too. I have to get some get on some kind of movement every day. And that's another non-negotiable. And if I don't, again, I find that I am less productive. If I don't, I procrastinate more and I am less productive. And for me, procrastination is almost like a form of numbing too, right? Mm, yeah. Because it's, uh, that, that, um, that podcast that, um, you're going to mention it later, but her name is Brooke Castillo and she's a life coach. She talks about buffering a lot and that's the word that she uses instead mm. of numbing, but it's the same thing, like things that we use to, to buffer ourselves, to make things feel a little softer, you know? Yeah. Um, and for me that now that that that's definitely procrastination. Well, you just named three things. So sleep, um, prayer, meditation, and exercise. So I mm-hmm. only, I only do the sleep. <laughs> okay. So I can see right here where there's some room for improvement in my life. I do not exercise that I, I, when I have a goal, like to train for something or to do something, climb a mountain, take a big hike, I'll train for that. But I kind of have to have like this thing at the end for me. That's kind of how I've worked. I'm sure it would serve me to pray and meditate every morning and to do some form of exercise, take a walk. So I'm jotting down little notes to myself here, Sandra. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. So you, you need an end game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brooke Castillo also on that podcast said that um, you have to be willing to experience emotional pain and that discomfort is the currency to your dreams. So you have to get uncomfortable. You have to work through that discomfort. That's the only way. That's like the getting through thing like we talked about last week. You know, you're only going to produce the work you were meant to produce if you kind of get in that discomfort zone mm-hmm. to where it's a little uncomfortable, whether that's with your writing, with your photography, with painting, with making that hard Julia Child dinner, whatever the discomfort is, when you kind of come out, you're going to learn something, you're going to produce something, you're going to kind of break through it. I thought that was important. I thought that was a helpful, that discomfort, because discomfort and sobriety too, we have to push through that. So with our creative work, and also with our with our recovery work, when it's uncomfortable, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> right? You know, you're, you're learning something, you're mm-hmm. gonna, you're gonna, it might take a little while. For me, it certainly does. I don't get it right away. Kind of have to be hit over the head with it. So this procrastination thing, I'm working on, and I will. I will keep you posted. <laughs> yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah. Much later, Same. I'll turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let you know about it next week because I'll just put it off for maybe check in with you in a month or two. <laughs> oh, so do you think we covered everything here? I think, I think we did. I'm mm-hmm. sure that this is not the last time we'll talk about productivity. <laughs> right. Right. So we're, we're but not... I hope we made it a little less, uh, you know, 
little less of a snore fest. I mean, the thing is, it's um, being productive uh, is a goal, right? Just in general. I think so. It I... is. It was one of the things that was a goal for me right out of the gate in sobriety. You know, I've said it before, but I've, you know, immediately felt like I was making up for lost time all that time that I was not productive at all because I was, you know, nursing hangovers or planning my next, you know, binge. So um, it was a goal for me. Well, day I, one, it, it just is it naturally for me, it just it just was. I was mm -hmm. more productive. Remove the and alcohol. It just, it just and it were. happened. Right, right. <laughs> it absolutely, absolutely was. Um, I asked in the Ray of Light series of interviews that I'm doing with women in recovery, I asked them, you know, do they think they're more creative in sobriety? And they will tell me, usually, yes, they have things that they're doing. And, but then I'll ask them, are you more productive? And a lot of a lot of the women aren't answering that question, which is fine. I tell them to answer what they want to answer. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I, yeah, I had about 47 things on my list every day and I was getting stuff done in early sobriety. I, mm -hmm. It made me feel so good. It made me feel capable. It made me feel, um, it made me feel like I was making up for lost time. Yeah. I wonder if why some people don't want to talk about that or answer that question is because there's some guilt, a little mm -hmm. bit of guilt attached to it you know, which comes back to the comparison thing. You know, if you feel like you're not as productive as you should be, or this, uh, you're not as productive as this person appears to be on Instagram, then there's something wrong with you. You're not doing it right. That, but that could be, I was also just thinking what came to mind is that it's like we talked about at the top of this podcast, boring. Like maybe that just sounds like a boring <laughs> question. Boring. <laughs> right. like, That's productivity. What? But yeah, for me, it was just that all the things that I thought about could be all the things that I said I was going to do, I could do now. And I still feel that way. Every morning when I wake up, that list is long and I don't, mm -hmm. I, I like chipping away at it. I like, um, checking the boxes. I like, right. that's just, it makes me feel like, um, again, proof of life. I'm here. This is what I did today. Yeah. And it's, it's an optimistic way of looking at life. Yeah, we get, well, we get to do right? these things, right? We don't have to do yeah, these things. We get exactly. to do them now. Exactly. And I'm present for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And if you look at it that way, hopefully that'll take out the, you know, the shame around not doing enough for, for people that are listening to this and maybe t if they have a nugget to take away from it. Um, because that's, that's not where we need to go. Yeah. And I might need to reframe that question a little bit. I might beef it up because maybe it's just not expounding enough on, you know what I mean? Are you more productive mm -hmm. since you quit drinking? Maybe they need some help with that. Maybe so um, I might add, God, you give me so many good ideas today, Sandra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad we collaborate on things. <laughs> thank, thank you for writing my Ray of Light series here today. Um, Okay, All so right. we want to end the show with our three favorite things. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so when we're doing these three favorite things at the end of our podcast, we're 
I mean, we're not sponsored by anybody and we're not saying go out and buy these things. I'm just telling you what I, I, I know that in recovery, I'm always looking for tools. What right. is somebody doing? Now, I may not do it right away because that's how my mind works. Uh, I might take it in for a while. and You may file it away. Mm-hmm. Say, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I try to work on impulsivity too. <laughs> you know, as much as I say I, I write it sometimes, I also try to reel it in. And so, yeah, I don't immediately go buy every book that somebody has recommended just, yeah. you know, because. But um, – but yeah, the ideas are here and you can file them away from yeah. whenever you think you, you know, need to pull out a new tool. <laughs> um, so I'll start with my, my, one of my first three favorite things that's in my sobriety slash creativity toolbox is uh, there was a, a woman that I mentioned last week on the pod named Aiden Donnelly Rowley. And I, mm-hmm. I re-listened to the podcast and I was like, oh, I left off that I read her blog and... She did a year without wine experiment, and then um, when she started drinking again, I stopped reading it, and then we went off on a tangent, and I felt really bad all week. I was like, oh, I never You didn't back. finish the thought, no, yeah. No, I didn't finish the thought. So Aiden is not drinking now, and she has started um, an Instagram account um, for the dry um, curious, and so people who who need a little softer entry point, or people who are thinking about quitting, or who have not hit a rock bottom, um, but that still are living a dry life. And so her Instagram feed is D R Y B E Club, so Drybe Club, and it's for it says for those of us living or curious about living the dry life. And she has a couple thousand followers, um, and Drybe means dry and tribe. So she's trying to form kind of a community of people who are curious, who aren't necessarily in the rooms. You could be in the rooms. You could have another recovery modality. Or you could just be a woman who is just curious about cutting it out of her life to be healthier, to be more present in her life. Anyhow, Mm -hmm. the movement she's doing, I feel like it's wonderful. I think she's uh, 288 days or something like that sober. And I don't know, just I didn't want to leave it off that she... Uh, went back to so you drinking. stopped reading and then you just you're not, <laughs> no. you're, not, you're done yeah no, yeah because I went back to reading her work and I, I um, again that was all me triggers for me I can't sometimes I have to stop reading people for a little bit because that's not about them that is all about me as we know right when we're, have these drinking problems so anyhow it's a wonderful little community and I met her last week at she recovers and I just didn't want to leave it on that note that that um, I just wanted to tie it up with a bow as you say yeah so that's that that's my one thing Okay. Well, my one thing yesterday, um, before we did our Mother's Day activity, I went for a run slash walk and I listened to a latest on being podcast, um, by Krista Tippett, which is one of my absolute favorite podcasts. And I'm pretty sure this was a replay because as I got it about halfway through it, I realized I had listened to it before, but she interviewed the poet Marie Howe. And um, I had not been completely familiar with her poetry. I Some of the titles of her book sounded familiar, but um, I think in 2012, which is maybe around the time that this was recorded, she was the state poet of New York of that time. But um, she's real interesting. Her poetry is stunning, and um, she's all about um, – 
you know, bringing poetry into public places. Mm-hmm. But she talks about, she grew up in an alcoholic family and she talks about that a little bit. And uh, she, uh, the way she described it was so interesting. She said that um, it fragments a family from having unified experiences. And so Mm. she had a lot of siblings and she felt like her sibling interaction was from shard to shard, Mm. which I just just like almost stopped me in my tracks. But then appropriate for Mother's Day, she wrote this poem, which she read called Hurry. And I just, she read it and I, I just sobbed. Mm. I sobbed on my walk because it was just about it completely was completely appropriate, something I needed to hear. And it reflected what I was talking about earlier with my daughter. Um, I won't read it, but it's called hurry. And it's essentially, uh, about, you know, telling her daughter to hurry. We need to hurry. And one line says, where do I want her to hurry? to to her grave to mine where one day she might stand all grown it's just i mean it's it's striking if you're a mom look it up you're gonna make me cry right now yeah yeah okay so she's she's on krista tippett's may 4th episode the power the power of words to save us marie howe marie howe yeah on being that's beautiful sandra i'm gonna go listen to that Mm -hmm. it's good you always turn me on to the best podcasts. <laughs> and Krista, well, I know she's your yeah. your your favorite. Um, okay, wipe away my tears a little bit. <laughs> um, my second favorite thing. Okay, this is going to sound going from that to this, um, but here we go. <laughs> um, last week, so I'm essential oil averse in terms of not knowing what to do with them exactly or. It feels a little woo to me that I'm not, I, I'm, we talked about this last week a tiny bit, but when I was at She Recovers, Elena Brower had handed out to the entire um, people, all, the audience in attendance was the doTERRA Motivate Encouraging Blend Roll-On. So it looks like a lip gloss. Remember those lip glosses from back in the seventies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this like little roll on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so these are just to roll on. And so I have essential oils, and I hesitate to use them. And here's the silly thing that I figured out this weekend: I don't like how they feel on my hands. Oh right, so With it's roll almost, on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a sensory thing for me in a way that I don't like how it feels. Right. So I I smell it when it's I'm cupping it in my hands to my nose. That helps. But I can't handle how it feels on my hands, so I always wash it off. Mm-hmm. And with this little roll-on, I've been putting it on my wrists all week, and it's called Motivate. So it is a um, citrus and mint blend. It mm-hmm. smells so good. So I've been putting it on my wrists and rubbing it and then typing. And then when I put my hand up by my face to think or to do something, like I can totally smell it. It's been awesome. So that I thought that was a helpful um a helpful little tool this week for me with my procrastination since it was called motivate and I needed to get stuff done. And so that is my little tool for the week. I like it again. That's another, uh, a rabbit hole that I have not completely fallen down, but (laughs) I am right behind you with that. Okay. Um, 
Okay, so let's see. Number two, uh, we're still talking about Mother's Day, is yesterday we, um, Austin, in the middle of our city, we have uh, a spring-fed pool called Barton Springs Pool. And it is it is just a little slice of heaven in the middle of a hot Texas city. It's mm. I think it's one of the things that, one of the attractions that flock lots and lots of people to Austin. And we don't always go there. Um, I don't know why. Maybe because it's just, it can get really crowded. I mean, there's always room to swim. And, um, but yesterday I just had this urge to swim in very cold water. So the water is, mm. it's spring fed and it's always 68 degrees. And, uh, and people, and it's, you can go swimming there year round. So sometimes the water is actually colder than the air. Uh, this time of year is interesting because it's, colder than the temperature i mean yesterday got up to 90 but still that's not super hot um so it's a little bit of a shock to the system (laughs) but like i don't know if it's because i'm just hot a lot now lately i'm just hot (laughs) and h-a-w-t is that where you are um but i was just I was fantasizing about jumping in cold water, just swimming in cold water. And so anyway, that's what, that's what we did yesterday. And it was wonderful. It just makes me want to go back. It makes me want to go back. So your whole family? Yeah, we all went. Lovely. It was wonderful. I saw your picture on Instagram and I was like, oh, look at the nice day she's having. Yes, it was lovely. And there's big trees and grass and yeah. So when I wasn't swimming and my getting, you know, retracting all of my retracting my skin and pores <laughs> muscles, then I was out, you know, sunning under a big tree. It was awesome. I call that self care Sunday, Sandra. It was. Really was. <laughs> now if I could only do that every Sunday, then I would have <laughs> schedule. <laughs> well, that might take some of the thrill out of it too. Yeah. yeah like that. Um, so my final thing is, is the podcast that you recommended that I talked about a little earlier. So it is the life coach school podcast. Um, Brooke Castillo is the, is the host and it was episode 162 and it was on time management and procrastination. And it's about a half an hour long. It is packed with awesome, awesome information. She talked about the self-called perfectionist, which is what I think I would identify as. Even though I am not a perfectionist in many ways, I on the out on the outside I think I am or I present. If you look in my drawers or my closets or my utensil drawers or my pantry, hot mess. Outside, everything looks good. <laughs> Oh, right. So that's a metaphor for something, I'll tell you. (laughs) But she did talk about, you know, the self-called perfectionist. She said that they're scared people is what she said. And when she said that, I wrote that down. I thought, hmm, you know, have fears. She said it's like a vicious cycle to be calling yourself that. Mm -hmm. And that we're afraid of being judged. And that was like ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said kind of operating that way just doesn't work. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And she challenged me um, in the podcast and her listeners to kind of do some B minus work. And that to me was like, what? I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do some B minus work, but in an effort to like, just get it done. And then mm-hmm. you can tweak it. You can work on it. You can 
quote unquote perfect it, but at least just slap down the 80%, slap down the B minus work to get it, right. out of, to get it out of your brain. What did Elizabeth Gilbert, she says something similar to that, like mm. uh, done is better than good or done is better than perfect or something like that. Yeah. And, and I, I did work on that. So my ray of light interview series, I usually wait until Thursday night. I'm in my bed, tweaking the interview, uploading the artwork, waiting until the last minute to publish it for Friday morning at 5am it goes live. This is all self-imposed deadlines by myself. Like nobody tells me I have to do this. Right. <laughs> nobody set that 5am deadline, but me, but I know that I need a deadline or it's not, or I'll not do it or I'll do it right. late. And that reminds me of how I used to operate when I was drinking. So I really kind of need that hard deadline. But I vowed that I would get it done by Sundays instead of Thursdays. So I'd be ahead of the game for the week. And I'm happy to report that the interview portion of this week's is completely done, edited, ready to go. I just have to make the artwork. So hopefully by imposing my Sunday deadline, that'll help me. Um, But the B minus work was the draft, was the just get it all drafted out put it up, yeah. you know, just at least get that part done. And you can always go back and tidy it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I would highly recommend, I'm going to link to that in the show notes to all three of all of our favorite things. Um, yeah. I've got one more. Yeah. yeah. Right? And you're number three. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. One more is that I decided what I'm going to make for my next, uh, for the next art exchange. Oh, are I... you going to share? Well, no, but, um, but I will say, (laughs) I I will say how I get there. Uh, I mean, some things come when we've announced the, the, the themes, each theme that we've announced, sometimes it comes like the idea sort of comes to me almost immediately. Like for the last one, the idea came immediately and then talk about procrastination and I couldn't actually make the thing, but the idea came right away. But for this one, so our next theme is abundance. And I have had a little bit of a hard time with that. I don't know why. I guess I don't feel abundant or, or I guess I had, I I guess I I do feel abundant actually. So that's not the truth. I think um, I had a hard time thinking about how I would translate my thoughts about abundance Mm -hmm. through art. And, uh, but I was in the shower this week. And as most, uh, where most good ideas come from for me, <laughs> shower. Right. Um, I it came to me what I was going to make, and so since then I've, I've, you know, kind of brainstormed and journaled, kind of riffed on the, on the my idea a little bit, sketched something out, and so now I have a, I have a direction, and that could it could change. The direction could change a little bit, but. I, I, at least I have a, have an idea of what I'm going to make. Well, and let's, for people who are just listening, maybe don't know what we're talking about. It's this, yeah. uh, we do a recovery gals art exchange. It's a private Facebook group and, uh, we theme it out every, um, on the solstices and on the equinoxes that we share. Right. So once a quarter and this next one is, uh, the theme is abundance and we'll share on the summer solstice on June 21st, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've been thinking about it too, Sandra, and I, I was locked into an idea that I thought I was going to do, and I kind of completely switched gears, and I thought about it this weekend too, it came to me. I don't know if it was in the shower or not, but it came to me finally. And I'm sharing with two people, so it's something that I can duplicate fairly easily. Oh, and, that's right. You have two again. Yeah, and share. So I think 
it's way out of my comfort zone. It's way different oh, than anything. Nice. I, it's different than anything I've done for the exchanges or the art that I make. So oh, this will I'm be excited. Something totally different. And I hope, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> it's a gift, That's right? Exciting. <laughs> and I think it'll help me. It'll help me with some stuff as I work through. But abundance, yeah, it's a great theme. Um, I have a ton of abundance in my life, yes. But how to translate that into the project and something to share with another human? Yeah, it's challenging. Like, yeah, but in a very in a very good way. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and one more thing I yeah. want to add, since you spoke of private Facebook groups, we have a private Facebook group for our podcast and we started it right away. We don't have a lot of members. Um, it's a, one of those secret groups. Um, you can email Tammy or myself if you want to us to add you to our Facebook group, but it's just another place to keep the conversation going. Yeah. And how, and so my email is my name, Tammy Solace, T-A-M-M-I-S-A-L-A-S at Mac.com, M-A-C.com. Uh-huh. And I'm at Sandra at the unruffle.com. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah. if you have ideas for the show, if you have feedback, if there's something that worked for you, some people have been putting some really nice comments about what they're doing. Um, yeah, if you want to share your your projects or or you know your resistance or whatever, that's, <laughs> that's a great place to do it. Yeah, yeah. All these social media accounts are lovely, but I'm just I, I feel a little overwhelmed sometimes with all the different accounts. So haven't been super active in the Unruffled Podcast one just yet. So I'm trying. Um, but yeah, as more members come in, hopefully they'll help each other and chat and share ideas, and um, we'll we'll always check in for sure. Yeah. All right. I think we talked it up. We certainly did. <laughs> well, have a good week and okay. I will, I will be talking to you later. You too. All right. Bye, Tammy. Bye, friend. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Solis. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Vickery. Thanks for listening.